Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Welcome to D&D 201, my name's Niall and I'll be your dungeon master. I'm Morgan and I'll be your dungeon meister. Because I think I've, I think a different language for dungeon master, but I can't remember what. I don't know what I said, I've already forgotten. <laughs> you said dungeon master. Master. Um, I am the master of the dungeon. <laughs> on this show we help you, uh, the new DMs, uh, help you DM. We help you do the thing that you're already doing, but hopefully we're helping you do it better. Yeah. You know, learning. Everybody's learning. We've we've read we've read the DMGC draft. Exactly. And also, you probably should read it. There's a yeah, lot of good it's stuff. It's a in good. There. It's a good book. <laughs> it's, it's meant for you. It's literally called yeah, the Dungeons yeah. Masters Guide. Don't just use it as a treasure generator. There's stuff in there. It's useful. <laughs> use it to world build. Yeah. And if you're a, and if you're a player, uh, fuck off. Yeah, Seriously. I, I, yeah. I'm done. With I, you. I don't want to put too much effort into this. Just leave. I, Come on. Yeah. You've you, you've heard this. Every episode, we tell you. Unless you want to be a dungeon master, then this is the place for you. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's true. But if you don't, you can seriously yeah, fuck, fuck off. You God. don't belong here. You are the worst. But if you want to be here, you're welcome to be here. Maybe you're a player who's just appreciating his like dungeon master yeah. or her dungeon master or their dungeon master. In which case, fuck off, this isn't for you. Exactly. <laughs> this Jesus. is for you if you want like, to be one. Why are you trying to steal our secrets? Is it not enough for you that we give you everything we have? Our blood, our sweat, our tears? <sighs> right. Um, but today... We're actually talking about like running the game. Yeah, we've yeah. <laughs> like how to actually do it. So well done. You've sat through God knows how many episodes learning how to build a world. Now we're actually gonna tell you how to play D and D. Well, how to run D and D. Yeah. And like to be fair, in fairness, you've probably had like a good crack at this before now. And if you haven't, welcome to a whole new world. You might be thinking to yourself, God, I wish I'd heard this podcast D two oh one produced by the Secret Lab before I'd started DMing, but at least I have it now to improve my DMing after this. Exactly. There we are. This is what we're here for. Um, yeah, running the game. The whole, um, the actual, the player's handbook comes with the meat of the rules, right? Mm-hmm. The most of the actual rules that people know for d d It's just that the players need to know. Yeah. But there is a difference between the rules you need to know, the rules that exist, and how to actually run them. Mm. Which I think new DMs. I mean, I know I certainly did it because I start with a starter set. It doesn't really give you that guidance. You have to kind of some. Well, a lot of DMs I think just kind of go like, "Oh, I'll just do it this way. I'll do it that way." But the book actually gives you a lot of advice on how to do that. Like a lot of online resources I've come across, I've then read the DMG later and been like, "Oh, it's here." Yeah, it no, tells me how to do it in so. the actual books that I've paid for. I I can't actually count the amount of things that I just made up that I later learned were a thing. Yeah. Like fall damage. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, it caps out at certain stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I started DMing on 3.5. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but yeah. I started DMing on 3.5. And I literally played like maybe two games of D&D. I like, met my friends, Blaine and Mike. And I was actually like, guys, you're going to love this. All right, let's play. All right, I'll tell you how to make a character sheet. Okay, because that's all I know. Now I will DM. And I was like, huh. <laughs> just throwing shit at them. Yeah. I was I was playing hard and fast with the rules. I'd literally change health there and then on the spot. Beautiful. It was great. Well, real, real yeah. homebrew. Just real fucking, ah, oh, okay, this is clearly underpowered. Let's beef him up a little bit. Yeah, literally. Give him another hit down. Oh, I guess they have a plus 10 to hit all of a sudden. <laughs> Midway through the fight. <laughs> I often, um, to be fair when it comes to that, slightly off topic, but I often do 
with um, hit points for a monster, sometimes I will feel like my players are just going to cheer it out. Yeah. Um, but monster stat blocks actually come with a range, yeah. so they'll all the stat blocks will give you like a dice notation plus the average. Hmm. And if they're like, "Oh, these guys are cheering it up," I will just give them the max because I'll be like, "Oh, like so if it's like twelve d eight plus twelve, I'll just work out what the max is." And like, okay, this should keep it alive a little bit longer <laughs> uh, before I have to absolutely wallop them. Um, so yeah essentially i guess one of the things is like this kind of leads on to like your house rules and your table rules really like we've we've mm. talked about this Mm. I think just me and Morgan, but like it's nice to have table rules that everybody knows about, like maybe your health potions are a bonus action rather than an action mm-hmm. to take kind of thing. Yeah. Like you'll have your own homebrew table rules. You know, if you want to say like the rule of cool is a table rule. I mean, even beyond that, you can have literally just like etiquette. Oh, yeah. So like I Don't have sometimes nearly got to the That's point. A table rule. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's in character and everyone's fine with it. But I've nearly got to a point before where I've had to like ban fans to the table which i don't want to do because it's not school but to the point where i've looked up and everyone's on the phone i'm like fuck come on and it's not even on dnd beyond yeah oh yeah they're just scrolling i'm like i haven't forced you to be here yeah don't be here if you don't want to play yeah exactly um but phones are so distracting as well like yeah. i think that's one thing to really actually say about not having phones at the D yeah. table that's it's the worst like, thing about dnd beyond is because it yeah. puts a device in people's hands for yeah. all of a sudden they can go look at other stuff yeah and it's it's just your phones are designed to distract you like that's that's literally the design yeah. is to keep you on your phone as yeah. long as possible that and that's that's cool that's what it is so appreciate that and don't bring it to dnd i think sometimes like yeah. it is nice to have pen and paper it's also nice to have your app the dnd beyond app is grand i mm. fucking love it it's so easy to just like add magic items and shit like that to your fucking and spells and stuff exactly. like that there's so much that comes with it but it's like it's just, an it's another app on your phone if you're gonna use a device have some self control personal frustrations coming out but yeah have that maybe that's what you have it like yeah. like don't scroll please do, like use D&D Beyond but please don't do anything else um, and then the other thing we've, we've kind of spoken about this is stuff like conflicts at the table so like all your conflicts should always be in character yeah if it's out of character that's a problem you need to address but everything should be in character I've said this before if I ever want to do something I've done this in a game I've said to the player mate nothing against you but I feel like this is appropriate. And he's like, you know what? you're right, you're right. This is what happened. I'm like, cool. And then we'll do it. We'll do as few roles as possible because PvP can be boring for everyone else that's not involved. And then... Or very exciting. Or very exciting. Depending on the situation. But we were, like, we were like, it's just resolved. I'm going to smack you across the face and walk off. And he tried yeah. to smack me and rolled a nat one. It was beautiful. Uh, I got a crit, he got a nat one, and I walked off feeling pretty proud of myself. Um, but yeah, if you're having conflict, keep it in character. Yeah. You don't I want think it out of character. There's like, we, we've discussed this, uh, listening to Sans Pants Radio, uh, D&Ds for mm. Nerds. There's a, was it Handsome Tom and Cass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, play so two characters that, my God, your phone is shiny. Shiny. That is so shiny. Look at the side of it. Yeah. It's, it's. Um, is that Bahamut's phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the platinum yeah. dragon's phone itself. <laughs> it's how we, it's how we, we communicate what spells Have you just prepare. revealed yourself as Shit. Bahamut in, in human Morgan form? No, it was that thing when it came out, it was like surgical grade steel on the side of our phones. I'm like, okay, cool. Why? <laughs> that feels a bit. Surgical grade. That feels a bit stupid, but fine. But yeah, it's very shiny. Surely a lot of surgeons could have done with the steel. No, they just use the phone, and they. <laughs> That's how they break Rocker. bones, yeah, exactly. get into ribs to get to the heart. <laughs> anyway. Avoid distractions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cass and Cass and Handsome Tom play like I think Tom plays this absolutely grumpy tall yeah called Pop Mandarin 
And he, he just constantly says, listen, Cass, I love you, and I'm really sorry. Pop does this. And it's just like... Yeah, and the Cass is always like, yeah, that's fine, you're yeah. doing really well. <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, like, in, character. in character. And it's just one of those things that, like, that's how you should be playing. You should be playing with a level of, I love you, but my character doesn't love your character. And yeah. it's that's, that's what keeps it fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've played some really heavy PvP games... Uh, that wreckage of Mithra and all that I did for all together, mm. mate. Every session at the end, we had like a proper little chat just to make sure that We're everyone was still. But yeah. and it, and it was because yeah. we were putting that time and effort in to be like. Well, I've spoken about how we yeah. do it at LARP as well. Same thing. It's like afterwards you have to be like, yeah. Hey, we didn't get on this week in the car. Are you alright? Yeah, cool. In the you kind of love a little debrief in a chat. If, um, if anything, I love you more for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's yeah, that's just something to just to discuss at the table, like how. Yeah comfortable people are people like hey i don't want any pvp something i've been thinking about is a way of doing conflict resolution when your players are all arguing they're not going to come to a solution um i've been trying to think of a way that we can be like right okay out of character in character there's clearly not gonna be resolutions to this so let us I, i'm trying to think of a way to have like a conflict resolution through rolling of dice where out of character we all agree that one person had the most persuasive argument so maybe like the you all roll persuasion checks and whoever has the highest total on either side of the argument persuades everyone in character I've been trying to think of ways to move past those kind of conflicts because sometimes they can be going for 10 minutes and you're not doing anything. It's like, let's just have a role, find the answer and move on. You can be unhappy with the decisions yeah, that's they've nice. made, yeah. but you could be like, in character, your character has been persuaded. Yeah. They could be skeptical. They'd be like, okay, we'll I'm try I'm still not it, sure this is a good idea. But we're going to try it yeah. to move on because too they many They can time- complain the whole time. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i mean quite often if they're doing it with npc they'll keep trying to persuade and i'll just go yeah you are you you are not you are unable to persuade this person of this fact yeah and we're gonna have to move on because you, otherwise you just sat there going mm, 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 and then yeah. can spill into out of character because people get annoyed you probably know your friends better than anything as well mm. like you probably know what's like acceptable like my my home games where we were at home with blaine there's very few table rules yeah just because you don't need to yeah we don't need to we're all very very tight close-knit friends and we just kind of get together and play a game but you know if you know your friends need some boundaries and need those levels then that's cool Mm. and it's not like wrong to say people like bad if people do it's like sometimes they do do just need a formal understanding especially if you've got someone who's like not neurotypical like maybe struggles to process stuff like that it's like i need a set of stuff that we have to stick by it's a hundred percent tailored for your group Mm. and your friends and your you know your people essentially um, there's another interesting thing here about table talk and what people at the table know versus what their characters know. Ah, the old metagaming. I think <laughs> I think Discord's a really fun way of doing this though, because it, as in like, so like, you know, when one player learns some information oh. and then the others don't. Yeah. Discord's really nice for this. It's one of the few times where I'm playing at the table, I'm like, God, I wish this was on Discord. Because I can just be like, do you want to jump into another voice channel? We'll jump into another channel. I'll tell them what they find out yeah. and then we'll jump out again. See, Blaine Blaine used to just take us out of the room. Mm. He'd just be like, all right, Niall, come with me. All right, Holly, come with me. And it's just a lot more of a faff. That's the my, yeah, I, I, especially I like my, the drama of I it. I do. It's the drama of being like, ooh. I have done it, but it's Blaine's like, taken I, my setup room. at home is really tight, so it's like, excuse me, sorry, let me just yeah, try and get let out. Let me and, just squidge yeah. my butt against you. Because I think we've done that here as well, haven't we? Have yeah, I, I I like to, I, I kind of have a bit of a 50-50 with it. I kind of like to take characters away from the party but do it in front of the party because a lot of the people that i play with are really good at not metagaming but also quite like knowing the story and it's all about the story it's like when you watch a film you know everything that's going on yeah certain characters don't 
but you do. And that's kind of the the appeal of a film is that you're like a fly on the wall constantly. Yeah. So sometimes I'll do games like that where everybody's allowed to like witness one person's secret. Or sometimes if I think it's going to be kind of like a, a poignant decision, whatever the character has to do, yeah, I will take the character out of the room and be like, okay, here's, mm. here's one, one. Do you know what I mean? It's also good for like when we're doing uh, out the Abyss, um, you can get different types of madness. Mm. And to tell them privately i'll privately message them you can also do this over text if it's quick i'll like text them the madness they've got so then no one else knows if they're mad yeah texting texting is kind of a hard one i i do struggle i think as a player it's very easy to text the dm yeah i think as a dm it's it's really hard to reply and keep up but i'll just be like you've got this madness now yeah and i can be like so i've got a player who's still got madness and has for like several sessions and no one's picked up on it because it doesn't come up all the time exactly and then when it does come up they just think they're being a bit off why are you being a dick yeah 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 and it's really funny that they've still got it and every now and then but sometimes you have to poke them like hey just remember this fact remember your mad remember this and they're like oh yeah yeah, forgot Um, I was crazy um, but yeah so that's what you like what you happy with do you want to do that do you want to separate your players off so they like you lock off the information to certain ones exactly and then, yeah, metagaming, I guess, is kind of like, for those of you who don't know what metagaming is, it is when your players are acting with the knowledge they have rather than with the knowledge that character has. Yeah, like like being, oh, I know I, I know my character's never fought a um, this type of monster before, but like I know it's immune yeah. to this, or I know it's vulnerable to this. It's like, I mean, that's, you kind of, or even like, there's a good example here where it's like, hmm, that boxed text seemed to spend a lot of time describing that door. Let's search it again. It's like, yeah, no, you failed your search. Don't don't do yeah. that. You wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's it's kind of it's a hard one to do. I think for some people, some people like naturally are super curious about the story, and that bleeds into their characters. But I think you know your job as the DM is to kind of like casually and gracefully help them as much as you can do you know what i mean you can remind them that their characters don't know this so they wouldn't they wouldn't know to look here or they wouldn't know that that was a thing maybe you can roll like a percentile dice to see if that is something that they might do do you know what i mean to give them a chance at it or you know i like if if like um if i throw a monster up and a player's like oh i know what that monster is um and they're like can i roll to see if my character would know i always think it's good to have a role just in case the oh, character yeah. might have heard of it. Yeah, if I say, like, can everyone make a perception check or stuff yeah. like that, you'll, you'll be able to filter it out. It's um, a definitive yes or no to whether or not your player knows. Yeah. Or your character knows, yeah, should I exactly. say. So then they know that they have to pretend that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's a hard one to combat, and I think you see it less and less as people go on. Mm. But then I feel like there's a bell, there's like a, a funny bell curve with it, because mm. it's like you'll see people who've... Um, Never played before, can't meta game. And as people learn stuff, they start to meta game more because they feel like they understand the rules. And then experienced players will stop meta gaming. Like really, like a, a really good D and D player will, if it will be like, okay, well I know this is the case, but what would my character actually know? So you could, I mean, Henry's you, class at that. It'd be perfectly reasonable to say, DM, would I know anything about this? Use my background. You can roll for it, and they'll be like, yes, you know this, and then you can use that knowledge. But a, a great player would be like, I actually think my player would fall for this thing and try and use the damage that it's immune to yeah. and do that because it's more, it makes sense. That's tricky to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really, it's a really fun way of doing it. Henry, Henry plays. Henry's one of our players and he also DMs um, and he knows a lot about D&D and he um, 
he plays a lot of stupid characters. Quite an intellectual man plays a lot yeah. of stupid characters. And he, he plays them so well. Because he'll, like, especially when it comes to a puzzle or something like that, we'll get to a puzzle and somebody will, like, throw a puzzle at him and you can see in his eyes he knows what to do for the puzzle. <laughs> but he's like, my character would. Uh, my characters are dum dum. Dum 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 which is okay. So most DMs, myself included, will use a DM screen and they will hide their roles. Yeah. Um, and there's like pros and cons to hiding your roles to showing your roles. So hide showing your roles shows that everyone can trust that you're rolling the right thing, that you're not fudging anything. Hiding the roles means that you can fudge things. Yeah. Um, although don't do too much because then if the players ever find out, they're like, well, what's the point? Why are we doing anything if we're rolling? I don't actually, I have, when I first started DMing, I fudged my dice a lot more. I have stopped because I think there was excitement in failure and I yeah. stopped fudging them. I, I honestly think when you, I play the game to be like as real as possible. I quite like the fact that there's so much chance and variables in life, right? Mm-hmm. You're constantly rolling dice in life. You don't mm-hmm. realize it. And I think the same is for D&D. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's more interesting that the dice choose what happens whenever it goes. And to lean into it is way more fun mm-hmm. than to try and stop it or to try and change it. Um, and like like you said, I actually started off fudging the odd dice roll here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And things like that. And as I've, as I've grown as a DM, I, I do just let the dice fall where they lay. I tell you what, a fun thing I've started doing, and I think a lot of people do this now. Um, Play where they seen. fall. That's, Sorry, that's what I should. Have said. Oh yeah, no. The, I think that I think that when a player fucks up, either because you rolled the dice or because they fucked up, yeah. it's 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 it, it makes sure. I mean, that's a whole other separate thing. But I think it always makes sure death feel impactful. Yeah. Um, but the thing I was going to say is, in terms of hiding roles, I hide death saves from players. Yeah, yeah, I like that because that is so dramatic because the because i one thing that's always annoyed me is that the players will be like oh, okay they're on two succeeded death saves we'll leave them if you're in a fight and your friend had been unconscious and bleeding out for 12 seconds you wouldn't say oh they're probably fine no. you would go holy shit are they alive so i've started hiding them and last session i did it and i was rolling and i rolled two fails for this player um and then well no they got damage and they rolled a, i rolled a fail and it was their turn i said matt i'm gonna tell you now because he was inside the belly of a purple worm at this point. Oh, God. Taking damage. And I said, at this point, I'm going to tell you, because I, I feel like I should allow you to roll this, because you're going to, if you fail this death save, you're dead. And he was, I was like, do you want to know? And this player before had told me, I quite like knowing my roles, even yeah. if other people don't. And he said, no, I don't want to know. Oh, that's cool. And I went, cool. I rolled a fucking nat 20. This oh, motherfucker on his last fail was in the belly of a purple worm. Even if he succeeded, he would die because he'd take damage. And exactly. he fucking came alive at the start of his turn, turned into a fire elemental, and burnt the creature from the inside of its belly. It was such a beautiful fucking moment. And that's why it's good to leave the dice where they lie, because we wouldn't have had yeah, that dramatic moment. moment if I had let him, if I'd fudged stuff for him to like survive and stuff exactly. like this. Exactly. Uh, oh, it was beautiful. I was literally, like, my partner was asleep and I was in the loft on Discord, like, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Losing my shit. I, I literally sent a picture to the Discord. I was like, you're not actually going to believe me. I was going to say, that's what I do. I like to I like to have a screen up so that my dice rolls are my dice rolls and I will roll them. But then, um, like, the other day, I I was playing with... I was playing with Henry, actually. And I rolled a 19 to hit or something like that. 
and it was a um i don't know i think it was that disadvantage no mm-hmm. no i just rolled a 19 to hit him and he was like silvery barbs or something oh he, i think he handed me a card that said re-roll any attack or re-roll any dice mm-hmm. and i re-rolled it and i got a 19 again oh. and i literally i just went mate check you know come, come, out come check up, look work. at this and it's just it's one of those things where that's the only time i'll ever do it is when i feel like you know something special happens like i'll get like a i'll get a roll at disadvantage and get two nat 20s and i'll be like guys i'm really sorry <laughs> i kill you <laughs> yeah i mean I'll, sometimes i'll show them the nat one that i got and you know it's just it's just nice to introduce them to like i don't know my game a little bit it's a bit like yeah. oh look i'm having fun too yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean like i'm sure. i'm enjoying this with you but um there's loads, yeah. there's, there's plus and minuses to people knowing what you're rolling. I think there's even advantages to people not knowing what... This is tricky and hard to do, but players not knowing what they roll. Yeah. So I might... Rolling have, for them. I have a little home rule where it's, if they're doing an insight check, I roll. Yeah. Because I don't want them to know if they've been lied to. Yeah. Or if they roll if they roll a one, they usually will just think, oh, I don't know if he's lying. If I roll in that one, I can go... You think you're yeah. certainly telling the truth, and they're like, "Oh, cool, I've passed my check." Yeah, exactly. But they haven't. They fucked it. But I think that adds to it. That is that is certainly certainly a nice layer of mystery as well. Yes, I think it's creating that. It's kind of just creating that way you want to tell your story. I think I personally fall on the side of I really like people rolling their dice. Mm. Oh yeah, me too. There's yeah. something about that that I'm like, you've come here to play, getting excited, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't really mind about it. I really like the idea of doing it, but every time I come to it, I always forget. Mm. <laughs> I genuinely like the idea of like rolling people's death saving throws and rolling their insight checks i just forget because yeah. i'm so used to being like do you want to roll a dice go and roll a dice you I, really roll a I sometimes forget dice. until after they've rolled and then i'll go oh shit sorry i'm gonna roll them and i yeah. every time i expect them to go oh well can i keep this one people will always go oh okay. oh no yeah fair enough what have you got? and I'm, I'm always like oh okay because i think i'd be really salty i was like fine but people are like oh yeah yeah that's i fine. think they you want they want that though they yeah. clearly want a bit of like you know game yeah 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 100 but yeah no it's good it's good i like it Right. I like it. What else have we got? There's uh, essentially rolling dice. Like I, I guess to talk more on rolling dice, the idea of how many times you should roll the dice and how much perspective you should give, how much how much power you should give to the dice. Yeah, and I think that's this is a really sliding scale. Like I mean, we'll go into this because there's a bunch of rules on charisma checks in the DMG, which people always forget about for talking to characters. But I think that sometimes you can be like, you can just do away with the roll. It's like if someone asks the bartender for a beer, you don't have to roll. To roll persuasion. Roll persuasion. They might not like you, or and then don't always let them have the kind of like the power to kind of control everything. But I'd also say don't get rid of them because then all of a sudden you're just playing pretend. So it's kind yeah. of like so I like to find somewhere in between. Certainly, certainly true. I I do like. I've done I've done this before, which is I've created like a bit like a you know like an RPG game where you have to slowly convince people yeah. with your arguments, and I'll kind of like if it's especially if it's more like a political intrigue kind of vibe, I'll set up an NPC that needs to be convinced on three points, and if you roll persuasion checks on three points, then you've convinced them. If you you know only convince them for two, you'll convince them. You know, I mean that half-heartedly. If you only do one pass, then you don't convince them. If you don't, you know, if you pass zero, then it's an absolute no-no kind of thing. And that's like a nice little. You know, as they're having this conversation, you're like, roll another persuasion check, roll mm-hmm. another persuasion check, roll another persuasion check. And then they feel like, oh shit, I'm kind of getting somewhere. Oh no, oh, this is going really wrong. This yeah. is, I need to come up with a better persuasion, you know, better, yeah, yeah, argument. better argument. And if they come up with a really good argument, I'll be like, 
roll it, roll it advantage. And if they just say something stupid, I'll be like, roll it disadvantage. There is, really funnily, I don't know if we'll get to it this episode, but there is literally rules that basically follow that in this book of... Uh, it kind of says something along, uh, we'll get to it, but it's something along the lines of your players make a good argument, forgo the roll. Yeah. They've done it. If they don't, they, they roll. Yeah. Um, but cause it's like, if someone's made an amazing argument and then they roll a one, it's like, well, what was the point of me fucking doing the role play if I wasn't going to get anything from it? Um, sometimes the, sometimes it's nice to play the character, the NPC as someone who just doesn't like them as well. Like yeah. maybe if they roll a one, it's because, what they've failed to do is actually get through to the person. Yeah. And like, this yeah. person really doesn't like you. Yeah, That's we'll, what you learn from this. We'll, we'll get to that, I think, because there's yeah. like a full on, full on chapter on that. But yeah, dice roll at appropriate points. Not, not too much, not too little. Keep the game moving. Yeah, that's the main thing. I always do, like, for example, if someone's trying to climb a steep edifice, I usually just allow them to do it, unless it's particularly difficult. Take 10 is, but like, a big yeah. thing as well. But if they're in the middle of a combat, I'll be like, roll, because you're trying to climb up this thing, and you're stressed, and you're in the middle of a fight, you've got sweaty hands. Um, I yeah. tend to make most checks succeed, but the roll determines how long it takes. So I had oh, okay. this, like, big statue that needed to be climbed to enter a tomb, and I got everyone to roll an athletics check, because that's what climbing checks are. They're athletics. And everybody was like, oh, no, my athletics check is really shit. Oh, no, I don't, I'm not sure I want to do this kind of thing. And there were two, like, halflings that were like, oh, no, I don't think I can do this. Like, oh, this isn't going to be good. What they didn't realize is they'd succeeded. Like, yeah, but it was nice to have them feel like they had a bit of fear of falling mm. because it's like a it's like a thousand foot tall statue. So if they fell, they would have died. But what I made as the punishment for rolling low was it took you really long to climb up there. So somebody who got like an 18 climbed up there in 20 minutes. Somebody who got a 10 climbed up there in 40. Somebody who got a five took them an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's like that actually staggered an encounter that was in the tomb. Yeah. Two of them weren't there for an encounter. Because they were climbing up the wall. Because yeah, they were climbing yeah, yeah. up the wall really slowly. I like that. And it was a very dangerous encounter. I like... Uh, the amount of times my players have been in a dungeon and started three encounters because they ran from the previous one is so funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of bleeds into using ability checks. So, yeah. there's a... there's a When it comes to using people's ability scores, there's two kind of questions you're asking yourself, which is... Is this, too, is this so easy that anyone could do it and they shouldn't have to roll? Yeah. Or is this so difficult it's impossible? If the answer to those questions is no, get them to roll. Um, there is a difference, I think, here, which a lot of people, mm, I'm loath to use the word misinterpret, but don't necessarily use how the rules is written. Because a lot of people do nat 1s and nat 20s as oh, automatic success and failure, failure, which they they have introduced into playtest for the next edition of D&D, which I don't like. But I really like... <sighs> I really like... There's like a level of failure to a nat 1 and there's a level of success to a nat 20. But I like the fact that you can roll a nat 1, but if you have a plus 11 in Arcana, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You can still do it. Now, I think people... People sometimes say, well, why do they bother rolling? And I think because it's exciting, because they don't know how easy this is going to be. Because it's like a player might roll... Let's say they're trying to break open the door, okay? Um, and the, the DCs are 25, and the person's got a plus thought to strength. They're never going to get through. But getting them to roll, we like try and get through, and then when they hit so hard, I'm like, you, and they still fail, there's a level of like, oh shit. Whereas if you just say, can I break open this door? Then it's too tough. I feel like there's something really dissatisfying in that. Yeah. Um, and I think that 20s and that 1s being automatic success for people just takes the teeth out of stuff. It feels wrong to me. Well, 
I I like the fact that there's consequences to stuff. So like with a nat one, I want it to feel like no, and with a nat twenty, I want it to feel like yeah. Yeah, I think you can do that, but I think I think it's still a case of like if I've got an amazing plus to yeah. roll, if I would have failed, if I would have succeeded, if the DC's thirteen, I got twelve despite the fact I got a nat one. I feel like I should have hit. I mean, there's an argument that that should be the case in combat, but. I just think, like, for certain things, if you can try to be creative with your nat ones, so, like, like you said, an arcana check. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're doing an arcana check on this creature, but you've rolled a nat one. What you do know is that it is called this, and the person that knows more about it yeah. is here, and they hate you. Yeah. You, that's a nat it one. It is, but I don't and think you, you should... know stuff. I don't think it should be an automatic failure. No, but that's what I mean about I always like to have there's yeah. a success. No, I agree. But there's consequences to it. Whereas the nat 20 is like, yep, you know everything. Let me give you everything I mm. need you to know mm. about it. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel about nat 20s and nat 1s on successes and fails. I think for some t- simple things like climbing, and nat 1 is you fall. Yeah, but and no- then I do a dexterity check to see if someone catches you or if you can there's catch There's nothing yourself. more beautiful for me than someone like, do this. I rolled nat 20. For a total of... Uh, and then they're like, 24? I'm afraid that doesn't succeed. Because they're like, oh my god, this is... That depends is... on your DC as well. Like, yeah. so, that's, so setting your DC, um, zero is obviously why you even get them to roll. Basically, I can do it. Uh, five is very, very easy. Ten is easy. Fifteen is getting moderate. Twenty is hard. Twenty-five is very hard. And thirty is nearly impossible. Anything higher than a thirty... Only rogues with expertise can usually do. Yeah. And I think that's or, where that yeah. comes into, like, it's pure, like, best form is when you're, like, setting a DC, you set it at a 30. Even with a nat 20, you've not succeeded. You've gotten somewhere. Yeah. You've gotten something nice, but even with a nat 20. I just, again, it's the idea of a barbarian barging against door, getting a fucking 25 and yeah. just bang and then be like, no, it doesn't open. Just I think like, that's mm-hmm. setting up the power of whatever it is. Yeah. Like, you've got to use that sparingly because if you're setting a dc oh, 30 yeah. know that whatever you're putting in front of them is meant to be godlike yeah. not not like a door no <laughs> or yeah. if it is a door it's well the only way they can get through is by answering the riddle not or, by yeah, punching yeah. it or if they're like you're a giant because I mean, there's a dc in one book where that's really funny so they set the dc to open the book at like dc 70 yeah um but then like that means a giant can't open it because a giant's not strong enough to pass that dc <laughs> but i guess it's like it's a dc 70 if you're a medium creature but if you're huge you could do it but i just thought it was a qu- funny quirk where it's like so a giant can't actually open this door <laughs> <laughs> stupid why did we build this door <laughs> <laughs> i can't get in but yeah i think i think there's certainly a certainly a place for it um and there you go yeah some differences mm-hmm. um your ability checks you know Strength are basically for physical stuff and and athleticism, like you know, like moving boulders and mm-hmm. shit like that, and smashing down doors. Dexterity is your reflexes, your balance, your you know agility, just that kind of stuff. Sneaking, uh, balancing, you know, trying to escape from something. Constitution is your stamina, your health. So like running, surviving weather, poisons, poisons, disease. yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, intelligence is memory, recall, um, and being able to logic things, remembering things, and figuring stuff out. Wisdom is your perceptiveness and willpower. Um, you know, whether or not you can see through things or sense people's motives, or even like push through magical effects 
Uh, and charisma is your like social influence and confidence and your way to like influence the world through your actual being, persuading people to do stuff, lying, um, mm-hmm. performing. Performing is charisma. Do you know what I mean? But it's also stuff like stopping yourself getting possessed and having your personality altered. There yeah. used to be a monster in an older edition which could drain your charisma and would just make you like a vacant um, husk, of husk kind of thing. There's nothing in you. You were just. That is cool. You still could talk, but you were just. Yeah. <laughs> Dry as fuck. I really like the idea of using charisma for work because it's your confidence in your job. That's and I know fun. that's because it is performance. And I remember back in 3.5, you used to have like performance and then you'd be you'd be um, proficient in certain performance skills because that was your job. And I still yeah. quite like that. But yeah. I am also very up for like if somebody's job is a smith, maybe they can use their intelligence or their wisdom yeah, as a performance check rather than just their charisma. I often sometimes I'm trying to design the relevant skill check. I'll just look at the player and go, what do you think's appropriate? Yeah. What are you good at? And then they'll look at the character sheet, say the highest score. I'm like, do you, come on. <laughs> How are you meant to use um, animal handling for smithing? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess the forge is a bit of a beast. <laughs> There's a fun little variant rule here that I read a long time ago that I'd forgotten about, which is automatic success, which is not when you get in that 20, but instead you take the person's ability score mm. and you minus five from it. And if that meets the DC, they're automatically successful. So the example it gives is there's a door, which is a DC 15 to batter down. If their strength score is 20, minus five from that is 15, they can do automatically because they're strong enough, which I think is a really interesting way of doing that. Kind of like, because then you don't have situations where it describes here where the fighter gets a two and can't open the door, but the rogue gets a 19 and can. Interesting. And I think that's a good way. That is an, a, a way of working that out, of being like, yeah, yeah you are on, you are usually strong enough to do this kind of thing, so it should work. Mm. But if there's like, if it's DC 20 and their strength is 19, it's like, no, you still have to roll because you're not, it's not reliable for you to be able to do it. That's really cool. That is a fun variant rule. I like that. That's quick as well. That's like a real nice, when yeah. you start to know people. What's your strength stats, score? Yeah. 15. Oh, yeah. No, roll Easy, for mate. It. Yeah. Easy, mate. Um, don't worry about it. Um, oh, I don't know if it's here, but there is an awesome, awesome variant rule because we're about to talk about proficiency bonus. So in D&D, you, DMs, you know, this proficiency bonus is uh, you, if you're proficient in something, you get to add a bonus to when you're rolling for it. So if you're proficient with longsword, you get to roll at like levels one to four plus two, levels five to nine plus three, all the way up to plus six at like the higher levels. Um, there's a really fun variant rule, which they nearly actually just did and it's somewhere in the back of this book. Which is instead of using a proficiency bonus, you use a proficiency die. Oh. So when your proficiency bonus is plus two, you roll a D4, a D20, and add your strength, dex, whatever. Very cool. When your proficiency bonus is plus three, you use a D6, plus four, D8, plus five, D10, plus six, D12. Because that adds a load of variability in your rolls. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. Like, there's a lot more, like, there's a chance of you whacking it out of the park, but also the chance of you, like, not quite getting as much. But it represents that kind of, like, I am good at this. I can still, there's still some room for flub. I can still not do as well as I expect, but you can roll more dice. (laughs) Yeah, it makes your your spell casting very crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I have a, so I'll get my D20. If you say you're 20th level, my D20, my D12, and then add my intelligence. And then you roll a one on that D12. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but you roll in that 20. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, but yeah, if you roll that 20, you automatically hit, don't you? But yeah, I like that 
kind of mm. I, that kind of flexibility in it, and I think that's a fun, easy to implement. Well, can you imagine role. rolling a fucking thirty, a thirty-seven to hit? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, as your base, because uh, and then you get to add your intelligence on top of that, which is probably oh. at this point plus five. So then it'll be yeah. Oh no, sorry, yes, 30, that you did the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, you five. did that as much. I thought twelve plus twenty was thirty-seven. For some okay, reason. I'm the quick math boy here. Quick maths. Quick math boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, proficiency is just like how if are you are you good at a thing? That's really fun. Good. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, yeah. Essentially, if you're proficient, you're good at it. Yeah, no, you're not proficient at everything, but you can give everything a go. <laughs> yep. Uh, we all know advantage and disadvantage. Roll t twenties. Keep the highest or keep the lowest. And if you didn't, now you do. No. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a useful tool that I used less when I first started. I use more now to just be in a situation where like, okay, this gives you advantage. So I'll often give people advantage if they have a height advantage. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're taller. Rules as written. There's no strategy. Yeah. If you're like on a top, like hidden, like if you're the top, top mogany, they know you're there. It is easier for you to kind of strike them. I quite like being like rewarding, clever thinking with advantage. Yeah. Um, like I like, um, if you're, do you know what I mean? If you're like trying to, trying to, basically do something and somebody comes up with just the most fantastic creative idea i'm like yep roll with advantage because that was unbelievably funny uh, yeah that's all i like to do like can i do this ridiculous thing you can but it'll be a disadvantage because of the situation yeah it works both ways it certainly does and that's fun because um your, your player gets to do the thing they want to do but also it's not going to break your game if it's something stupid because you're like yeah you can but it's hard you to do have disadvantage it's cool. um what else have we got inspiration man inspiration so inspiration is this fun little thing on your character sheet you ever heard of pavlov's dogs <laughs> That's what inspiration's for. Teaching players how good to be boy, good. Good boy, well done, there you go. <laughs> Have a treat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we, me and you both use cards, I think. Yeah. Somebody, Mark, uses these really cool, like, crescent silver moon tokens. And uh, if you want to use your inspiration, you've got to sing, I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's so good. Oh, my God. And essentially, it just lets you, like, re-roll and use the highest roll. Yeah, you do have to declare you're going to use inspiration before yeah. you make the roll because a lot of times, can you use my inspiration? I'm like, no, you've already rolled it because it's meant to be like, right, that I've got to succeed on this. Oh, I'm going to use my inspiration. I'm okay. I actually allow, so I allow people to roll, and if they fuck it, they can go, can I use my inspiration? I'm like, yeah, I don't roll again. I don't because I think it it it, it is it can I in my opinion it might it makes inspiration feel more. Um, significant because it's not just a re-roll it's a kind of like all right i yeah. get a chance to use this now it's a like, resource yeah there's like a big build-up for it whereas if it's just a free re-roll i'm like it, it, it's kind of i feel it's more dramatic to roll with advantage than to re-roll oh, again whatever works but what if table, you've already got advantage then you don't get anything from it that's what i mean but, i like i like it to be kind of a oh do you let them re-roll again even oh okay. yeah so if you've got advantage you, I still and you spend your inspiration you've got one more shot to uh, roll that, now yeah and it's a single die it's never it's never, you know, a re-roll with advantage. Oh, okay. It's no. You've so got all of a sudden one, you're rolling flat. Yeah. It's yeah. an it's a new flat roll, but if it's the highest one out of all three dice, yeah. you take it. Yeah. But if it's not, it's it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's different ways of doing it. Technically you spoke to before, but I know plenty of people who just use it as a free roll re-roll, exactly. which is fine as well. But um, yeah, it's basically like however you want to you can use inspiration to foster your own game. So like I often do it. If I'm like, if I, if people do really good role play, I usually give inspiration. I like that was really good. If someone acts towards their flaw or in a way that's 
count like counter to their goals but works with their character i'll give them it so i've got like if a player like oh i get drunk or whatever or i, I miss something because i'm intoxicated it's like i have some inspiration because that's fucked you a little bit but uh you've role played well yeah um but you can also do it if people if, if you're trying to foster like a good game that's women's being heroes. that's how i do it so i i hand out cards i've got like um those good boy bad boy cards from yeah. sans pants radio and um i don't hand out inspiration anymore i just hand out cards if if something happens that i think is hilarious or is really in character or just really well played i'll be like here have a card that's and people collect like loads of them do you know what i mean they've got they've got loads of inspiration cards because essentially they've they've just been playing really well and i'm enjoying the game yeah i need to get different cards because i want to use i want to use good boy cards as inspiration because currently i use them for like rolling out 20s and all sorts of crits but i want to get the cards you've got for those yeah Um, they're really good yeah nord games i think they were from um but yeah, it's it's a fun little thing. But yeah, it's just a really good way to foster what you want from people. So yeah. I, for example... To, like, good gameplay, sharing yeah. I give bad boy cards out if you tell a bad pun. Because I'm like, don't do that. Oh, see, I give I give good boy cards out for good puns. And if, I don't know, if somebody doesn't like mine, I take a bad boy card. The reason I got... I got, I, I, got <laughs> I got scarred from my um, little brother and sister... Because I gave one of them inspiration for being for making a joke for making a funny joke, and then every session they'd make like ten foot sh- like really shit jokes. They'd be like, "Stop this! I'm not enjoying this." Right? You don't Bad get inspiration cards anymore. Coming out. Yeah, this was before I had them, so they would have that would have stopped it very quickly. Um, there's a really wonderful like variant option about players giving inspiration to mm. each other, which I think is a really nice. I think when I was playing with Blaine and Mike and Lauren and stuff, we had these um, we had like wonderful moments. Where something would happen, and one of us would just be like, "I'm sorry, but can we just give can we just give this person inspiration now? Because that was awesome, right?" And we'd all be like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Golf Round of applause, yes, 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 yes." And it's just one of those things that, like, because we had some really cool get like games and really good like in character stuff. Occasionally, we just get carried away, and then we'd be like, "Wait, guys, that deserves like." A reward because yeah. that was super super deep. yeah no i agree i think it's that, a nice way to award inspiration is if the players give it out yeah no i agree um it's something i i sometimes do let my players trade inspiration if like oh can i give inspiration to someone else um usually for death saves um because it's like yeah if you really don't want to die you can use inspiration to help them with their death save um, yeah that's a fair that's a fair shout as well like spending it i i like some people do let only people who have you know if you've got the inspiration you can only spend it on your stuff i do that with good boy cards yeah oh i i'm kind of like yeah uh, yeah but there's been so many moments where someone has a good boy card that would save another character man. and they can't can't do it yeah Fine, it's your good boy card it's you were the yours. good boy it's yours <laughs> um there's another thing here which i think is really interesting which yeah. i use a fair amount which is like resolution consequences for dcs and one of my favorite ones is this success at a cost thing where um you let's say you've there's a d i've done this before so there was the, there was a moment where my players were on top of a, like a ledge and a thunder wave kicked off and they had to roll a dc to as well as with thunder wave take half damage and not get knocked back 10 foot if any of them got knocked back 10 foot they'd fall off the ledge and these guys are like level two or three so that was a potentially lethal situation and one of the players failed by one and i said all right you can either accept the fail or you can succeed but there will be consequences right and he went well the consequences i'm like that's not how this you works. can either fail yeah. <laughs> or accept. and what it ended up being was that he succeeded but um 
one of the other players managed to grab him before he fell off the ledge but like it was a tabaxi so his claws like dug really deep into him as he put so he went to grab his shirt grabs his chest and pulls him up by his skin i was like but he he took a fair amount of damage but not as much as he would if he had fallen but i like that kind of like you 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 can you can succeed this but you won't that's really interesting because i i do kind of like to let you know there's i like to let it lie I'm mm. like you failed. This is this is what it is. But I quite like that. It's like a near. It's close. It's a near failure. If it's only one. Success. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I really like. There's something about watching people be like, "I got a 14," and we all know the DC 15. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. No. Maybe it's something you use sparingly. It's like in this situation, <laughs> I'll allow it. This in this specific situation, if it's like there's a circumstance in which you can succeed with a consequence, yeah. Um, do you? I, I like giving them the option to accept it. It's like, do you want that consequence? Yeah. There's one here where it says like they managed to intimidate the cobalt, telling them what it knows, but it screams the answer, and everyone for like <laughs> like a mile around hears. It's a long. That's a big scream. It's a loud cobalt. Um, yeah, and then there's a, bu- a thing here in like degrees of failure, which is fun to do. Which I need to send this to a friend because one of my friends was saying that this doesn't exist in fifth edition, and it does. Here it is. Like maybe it's like if they get the fifteen, they succeed. If they get twenty, they do this. If they get twenty-five, they do like it becomes like there's a massive kind of maybe it's like if the, if they're trying to um, kind of push someone kind of slightly out of the way, yeah. you get like a twenty-five, you knock them to the ground, and they fall on, like knock their head and fall unconscious, and you can keep going without them to worry about them. Yes, yeah, that's quite a fun thing. It's, um, it's all about your descriptions. I think as a as a DM, you you're basically working on the higher the number, the more epic the description needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that just be careful with where you set that because okay, your first player rolls a the the DC is ten, mm-hmm. and your first player rolls a twelve, and you're like you backflip over the, yeah. the trap, and then the next player rolls an eighteen, and you're like uh, you backflip <laughs> over the trap with a twelve. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just be, just kind of set that pace yeah. so that you're you're happy and you can yeah. you can figure out how to do that. My favorite thing is when a player says like, "Can I try and can I try and do this?" And there's like a like the DC's five. It's like, "Can I backflip over?" It's like, "Yeah, sure." The DC's now fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. And then they fall and die. I'm like, "Fucking idiot!" And that's what happens when you try to do a backflip. Yeah. Uh, oh, fall I mean, and you die. <laughs> critical success and failure is mentioned here. Yeah, which is what you were talking about. How like even if twenty is not success, it's something happens. But it was talking here like a 20. It's like if you get a, maybe the investigation check, well, DC was like 30. Oh, no, even like it was 21. The play roll is not 24 or 25. It's like, okay, you find what I was going to tell you plus something else. Or if they get in at one, not only do they fail to break the lock, they break their thieves' tools. Yeah. Because it's like, that. That it's like, you. not only have you failed, you have failed. <laughs> I think it's just a nice, it is all about description. It's all about just keeping that pace moving and making mm. sure that there's. I think the consequences are nice. It's, at the end of the day, the game is there to to succeed. You know what I mean? The players are there to be heroes and to get through it. But there's something nice about failure and really playing out that failure. Like climbing, maybe they get a nat one whilst they're climbing, a, mm. you know, a hundred, well, a 300 foot drop. Now you can choose the nat one might mean they fall to their deaths and die. Mm-hmm. But if they're using climbing equipment, they fall, but they and get the, caught. Yeah, and and they take some serious damage as their spine is wrenched through their abdomen. Ouch! Do you know what I mean? I mean, you can even have like, or their ankle dislocates. If you were but now, to, they're gonna have to move yeah. it. Like they can sneak at disadvantage for the whole day until they take a long rest. Or even like your climb check was to see if you got any higher up. Yeah, you failed. You just don't progress. But if you get in that one, not only do you fail, 
you also fall. Yeah, it's and like, you catch yourself layer down. Yeah. Maybe just make a few deck saves for damage. Yeah, I like to make sure people aren't one failed save away from total failure. Yeah. Like, if you're on a stealth mission, I've, we've said this before, you're on a stealth mission, you, you fail. It should be like in a fucking video game where it's like, did you hear that? I'm going to go investigate. Must be the wind. Yeah, and then they first took you the second stealth track. Must be the wind. The bat's not out tonight. <laughs> hey, do you hear the bat kill the Joker? <laughs> the bat's a myth. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> um, How long you lived in God? <laughs> great film. Great games. Uh, so, that's... I feel like we've done quite well through ability scores rolling. So then, yeah. this is something I struggled with. And struggled with before I had these rules. And yeah. I need... I was been looking to find. Is tracking time in... Overland, I don't struggle with too much, but through a dungeon as well. Yeah. And, and the Underdark. <laughs> yes. How long is time... I, I like... Oh, whenever I do a long mission in the Underdark, when they come out, it's the wrong time of day. Yeah. So I had a thing where they were like, literally just at the end of the night, it was the end of a long rest. They got out of the Underdark for magic and it was the middle of the day and they were yeah. like, fuck. What? <laughs> so yeah, you slightly wore off every night and now you've... Yeah. But yeah, like when you're traveling through a dungeon, it can often be difficult to work out like how far they've gone. And there's a really nice table here for dungeons, cities, provinces, and kingdoms of how long it takes them to go certain distances. Mm. Um, which I think is really useful for like in the map. So it's like there's in a dungeon, if one square is 10 feet, your players will go... 30 squares in a minute. So let's say the players enter the dungeon and that triggers a timer. So like yeah. somewhere there's a big timer that's going off and something's going to happen at a certain point. You can be like, right, how far have they gone? They go this... Okay. So cool. About 10 minutes have passed and you can kind of keep track of that uh, in between. Um, but there's a bunch of stuff for like slow pace, fast pace and like different distances, which is really useful. And normal pace. <laughs> normal pace. But though. yeah, it's it's one of those things that like you kind of can play fast and loose with them. The, the The rules are there. Like, we've said this a lot. There are rules and there, you know, there's specific things, but I just usually be like, Vibe I it. just usually be like, <laughs> you know, this takes, you start walking down a corridor and it takes you like a couple of minutes to get to the end. But if I want to like really lay in the fact that they're traveling yeah. really far, really deep, I say like you start walking down this long natural cavern and it takes you an hour before you even hear the sounds of anything else. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think the thing with most of these things in the DMG are like, hey, this is here if you need it. Yeah. This, like you don't need it. You, like you say you, you could be like, oh, okay, I reckon, I sometimes say to my players, how long do you, how long do you reckon, how much time do you reckon to pass? Yeah. And they'll give me an estimate. They're like, yeah, cool. Um, but these rules are just here for you to be like, you have something to fall back on. Because sometimes it's nice to have comfort in the fact that like, okay, is there a ruling for this? Because if there is, it's something to fall back on. But you can also just ignore this. You don't need it. No. But it's fun to have it as a helping hand. It's, it's one of those things that like, I have this dream one day of DMing or playing, and I'd be really interested in playing it, and I'd be really interested in playing a wizard and doing it, Playing a game of D&D that is just the rules. Like, we use every goddamn rule. That means keeping track of all my components. That means, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd love to do the variant rule of, like, um, gritty realism. Yeah. And yeah, having we'll that, that, do you know yeah. what I mean? That really slow-paced yeah. game of D&D where everything feels like you're actually living it. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to have miniatures and, like, really pace it out. And re- Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's... I'd, I have that dream of doing that one day. Yeah. Of playing a really slow-ass game of D&D and really enjoying it. Because yeah. that, that does tickle my pickle. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, spe- like... Moving, moving through space and stuff, and like the ways, the ways that you do it. I think it is kind of. It's all about 
just just playing playing with the speed of things. Like if you're on a horse, it's going to be faster. Like yeah. yeah, my players were tracking down some people on foot. Like they were on foot. They went to an estate that had like people working, and they were tracking the people that they'd come there for a little job, and then they'd left. And they'd left the the night before. And the guy that was running the the estate said, "Oh, do you want to borrow some horses?" And they were like, "Oh, yes, please." So they just rode after them and caught up to him that day. Yeah, because you would. You're traveling yeah. so much faster. Uh, that's also the thing. It's like. Um, you can do that. You could just be like, which I often do. Yeah. Unless you're tracking nitty gritty exploration, it doesn't matter. You can just be like, yeah, you catch up with them. But then also, if you're like, is that realistic? You can then refer just to this because like, I've done that where it's like they've ridden a horse. I'll be like, I'll take a day off because yeah. whatever, you're going quicker. Um, you're going consi- so much faster. Although you have to remember that horses can't gallop for no. more than I think by the rules an hour, but probably less than that in real life. To be fair, but yeah, like there's a there's a there's an amount of but time. It, it's considerably faster than walking and your players won't be tired you can always think about that they'll be yeah. fresher because they've been on the back of a horse going on a going at a trot is so much faster than walking yeah 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 like just a nice simple steady trot and having like a break for the horse every now and then is so much faster than walking yeah so and you're walking with all your equipment the horse is carrying all that you're refreshed you're like ready to go baby but then there's like having having like magic carpets and having trucks and caravans and moving in a caravan is slower than moving just by a horse. Like there's so many different like variables yeah. for movement speed. Yeah, because tracking if a dragon. Sorry, tracking a dragon that can just fly. Eighty foot flying speed. Right there, you go. Boom, yeah. gone. Yeah, that's one hundred and sixty if it's sprinting. You can also work <laughs> out. There's like um, so there's rules for working out that if you again if you want to get to the nitty gritty so like in a minute you times their speed by 10 if it's an hour you i think you divide it by 10 Mm. so like how many miles you can travel an hour yeah so like feet in a minute you could so let's say dragon right 80 foot flying speed in a minute they can go 800 feet in an hour they can go eight miles 27 miles i think i think no divide by 10 what am i talking about eight miles eight miles an hour that's really slow well, it's not really slow. It's like a small jogging speed for a human. But like picturing a dragon kind of like soaring through the air. At eight. But they're not sprinting because you can't sprint for a consistent amount of distance. That will be that dragon just kind of like coursing through the air, kind of getting on. Um, eight miles an hour is not slow, though. No, it's like, not. Like it's actually quite. That's a. It's a fair clip. <laughs> How fast is Usain Bolt? No, like. Sprinting. Yeah. But the average human walking pace is two to three miles per hour. Exactly. And if this is this dragon just kind of. Like coursing through the air, yeah. it's not gonna. It's, it's fine. A lot faster. Um, but then daily travel, you times that by how long they're traveling, which is usually you can travel for eight hours without getting exhausted. So a dragon can go can cover um, sixty four miles at a normal pace in one in like one eight hour travel time. Um, yeah. But then, you know, more than that, I guess. In um, if it was going like at a fast speed to try and get away from you, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Like I love, I do love how fast things are in these games like <laughs> i love that like gelatinous cubes don't move fast but they no. they're oh. surprisingly fast if considering are, that they're a goop well, one of their actions is to travel their, their speed so it's like 15 foot but then one of their actions is to travel 15 so i like you can see this thing sludging along and they got themselves into court it's like all of a sudden vroom, like <laughs> yeah, it dashes like, towards <laughs> like oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, another part of like exploring like dungeons and terrain and stuff is the visibility yeah you know um encounter distance kind of thing like there's the simplicity of being in the underdark things are dark uh you know mm-hmm. being in a dungeon there's no lamp light 
but also I fucking love throwing heavy rain at people. Yes. Like just weather it, conditions. It's so atmospheric. Like it's heavy ass rain. You can't see shit in front of you because it's just yeah raining down on you. And it makes everything feel that much more. Do we talk? We talk about weather conditions, don't we? Because they can really spice up again yeah. earlier on. Because it's like I think it's like um, it's like strong wind, like your long range. No, in a heavy wind, your bow, bow arrows, yeah. will be disadvantaged because it'll get blown off by the wind. Exactly. Um, like there's so many fun like things you can do if you want to spice things up. Snow. Yeah. With the so I actually had a moment like I remember like literally after the battle finished and the storm subsided because the storm was part of the battle. I was like, I forgot to use the storm rules. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> that would have been really fun. Uh, but it's yeah, that's D and D for you forgetting to do shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, I won't forget next time, and then you and will. Then you do. But yeah, but that's you know that's that's helpful for like when you're noticing things. Do you know what I mean? It, it's what then you start imposing those other rules we were talking about. Like if. If it's a snowstorm, you've got disadvantage to see everything. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe some things you just can't see. Maybe once an hour you're having to make a save against uh, gaining exhaustion from how cold you are. Exactly. Exactly. And it just, it makes it makes moving and exploring all that much more interesting. And, you know, maybe it'd be easier to move inside a snowstorm. Like, as in, if you were hiding. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can hide a lot better in a snowstorm. Yeah. But... But you could also you can't see, see as yeah, yeah as well. So. so things can also hide a lot better in the exactly. in the cold. It's yeah. cool. It's cool. I love it a lot. But um, there's tracking as well. Mm-hmm. I I love a good survival check, and you know, these rules are inside the uh, DM Dungeon Master screen. I use them surprisingly often. Like, exactly referring to them, and things make things make things harder. So like a DC's tracking. Thing. So if it's like a soft surface such as snow, it's going to be quite easy to track because it's got footprints literally leading everywhere. Yeah. But if it's on dirt or grass, it's 15 because you need a bit of skill to Looking be able for to snap twigs, yeah. impressions, but it's a lot trickier. And if it's like bare stone, like, you know what I mean? You're trying to track someone in a very well-used, like, ca- castle. Yeah. You need to be really good yeah. at tracking. And also, something. what impressions are going to leave? Like in the dust? Yeah. Like, what dust? It's yeah. a well used castle. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's cleaned regularly. Um, and then, obviously, a bunch of modifiers. So, yeah. if they've left a trail, you take five off. Yeah. If they've, if, it, if every day it's going to get harder. So, like, yeah, sure, the snow is going to be easy the first day. But the, the second, second day, day. Mm, okay, you probably still find the footprints, but as it goes on, it's going to get harder and harder. Yeah. The one thing I hadn't realized, which is useful, is how long I never knew how long it would take you to find the trail. Yeah. And it takes you an hour to find someone's trail, which means after an hour, they've managed to travel like further. Yeah, much further than they would have, so like th- three miles already. Yeah, so you're like, miles. shit, right. Okay, we know where they've gone, but we're behind them now. We've got to, we've got to travel to find them. Exactly. That's really useful. It's, this, is, uh, this is why I enjoyed doing this podcast, because I'm reading through this book for the first time in ages. I'm like, oh, that's what that's, the u- rules that's useful. Make it fun, baby. The rules make it fun. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's so much there. And there's a lot to think about there and there's a lot to digest. So we're going to we're going to continue with running the game next episode mm. and we'll keep going further and we're going to finally talk about combat, which I can't wait to do. <laughs> so excited to talk fight. about combat. Fight. Let them. It's fight. me and I are just going to fight in here using <laughs> medieval broadswords and then film it in the back and that was combat. That was combat at five foot have you seen that xp to level three video it shows yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and he's showing you how ridiculous it is yeah. five foot is huge but the rules make it fun 
Anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you've uh, hope you've learned something today. I've been Niall. I've been Morgan. And you've been you. Thanks for listening to the show if you enjoyed please leave a review as it really helps a big thank you to our editor jack sinclair and g mcdermott for our cover art if you'd like to check out any of our cool merchandise like our dice trays and dice boxes head to littlelionslayer.co.uk where julia our resident blacksmith has all our products up for sale you can buy some cool dice as well until then brave adventurers <laughs>